at Red Hills Church and welcome to our summer podcast. We're so glad that you're tuning in when you're on the road, you're watching YouTube in the afternoons and joining us from wherever you are this summer. This format will be available all of July and August, so we hope you will tune in to our summer podcast wherever you are. We want to let you know one way to listen and join in our podcast gatherings is over on Spotify. We have created podcast playlists for each week. So you can even listen to the, the songs that we did in the morning, listen to the first three, listen to our podcast directly right after. And then we have our final song all made into one playlist. So you can join us over on Spotify or you can listen to our podcast wherever you find your podcast services. Well, today is such an exciting Sunday. It is installment Sunday. We are installing Pastor Lane Greenleaf Perez as our new lead pastor, along with his wife, Jaina. We're excited to welcome them into our church family. So go ahead, we're gonna jump into our gathering with David Eddy starting us off. Good morning. Oh, I did it. Okay, let me just say that I'm really thankful that I got the microphone turned on, but I've left it in like four different places around here. I can't, the problem was is the sound person gave me it too early, so I'm glad that I actually remembered it up here. It is so good to be with you, Red Hills. Um, this is an exciting Sunday. I love this. Uh, transitions, and we get to install new pastors today. I love this morning, one, one of your leaders said, oh, David, it's been good to work with you, but don't take this the wrong way. We hope we don't see you anytime soon. <laughs> and I'm like, no, no, I get that a lot. It's cool. It's fine. <laughs> Oh, I love it. We're, we're going to have an opportunity. I just want to share something here briefly. You're going to hear from Pastor Lane in just a minute. We're going to have an opportunity to pray over them. And I love that uh, we get to do ministry as a team. And so I'm here today. Our regional pastor, Molly Cook, is here. I'm going to introduce her in a moment. And uh, this is just an exciting day uh, to be part of, of these moments. Um, you know, it's really interesting. I was thinking back over when I first met uh, Pastor Lane and Jaina, and uh, it was when you guys led worship at our district conference, a district retreat, kind of like a marriage retreat. And I remember leaving, the first time I met them, I remember leaving the meeting that they led, and my wife, Sunshine, I looked at each other, and I'm like, hmm, I like them. They're pretty great. Little did I know that a few, you know, short years later, and a pandemic, which is like 200 years, but only, you know, two years, we would be installing them here at Red Hills. Um, I want to share something this morning I, the Lord put on my heart specifically for Pastor Lane and Jaina, and it's out of Matthew chapter 5. And this is the beginning, right at the very beginning, there's when Jesus is speaking, it's the Beatitudes. I'm going to read this and just a couple of comments. Matthew chapter 5, I'm reading out of the NIV today. It says this, now, when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down, and his disciples came to him, and he began to teach them. And he said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. 
I was reading this section, and it was actually verse 9 that really stuck out to me as I was preparing for this morning. Um, Pastor Lane, you're a peacemaker. And that's something that I've realized in just getting to know you. Now, this is one of those things that's kind of interesting. Sometimes we read the Beatitudes and, like, we rate them in order. And it's like when you tell somebody, you know, you're meek. Someone's like, don't you call me meek? And it's like, no, like, biblically meek, that's a great compliment. Sometimes we look at peacemaker and we inadvertently, we change it to peacekeeper. They're two totally different things. All right? But a peacemaker, they're, they're, they're amazing. Peacekeepers do whatever is necessary to keep homeostasis. Don't rock the boat. Don't make changes. Peacemakers are way more than just having a peaceful demeanor or a peaceful presence. Peacemakers not only seek re reconciliation with their enemies, but they seek to bring those that are separated or estranged back together. Peacemakers are a strange bunch. They're costly Peacemaking is costly, and it's needed. And I, when I was praying about this morning, I was thinking about this. Listen, when someone's a peacemaker, they involve themselves purposefully, not on accident, in the conflicts of the world around them. They assume the responsibilities. I love this quote. Against all odds, risking peacemaking out of a situation of powerlessness and demonstrating the conviction that in the end, God's kingdom will prevail. The scripture says that peacemakers will be called children of God. And I love that because it's pretty simple and amazing that when we, you know, children reflect their parents. And our, when we reflect our Heavenly Father's heart, when we do that, we are peacemakers because our Heavenly Father has made peace. Listen, a, a leader, peacemakers, are, they, they are those that simply embody and live out what they see and experience in the relationship with their Heavenly Father. Lane and Jaina, listen, I, I believe with my whole heart this scripture really reflects who you are. A leader who you are first and foremost a follower of Jesus, passionately seeking his presence and his perspective. But I also believe that as you step into this new role in this season, as the lead pastor of Red Hills Church, you're a peacemaker. One who bridges gaps seeks healing, invites others to participate in the kingdom in personal and powerful ways. And by the way, we recognize this, but it is not in your own power. We all recognize we don't do anything well in our own power. I can accomplish a lot in my own power, but it's not going to last. Not from our own power in any way, but from a powerful, beautiful place of humility and personal powerlessness as you fully embrace and walk in the power and authority that God has given you in his calling on your life to come here. I, I got to tell you, I'm so excited for you, for Jaina, for William. You guys, I, I have loved this, this, this process of walking this out with you and with this church. Uh, for a second, can I say this? I know I can, I'm going to say it anyway. I have a microphone. I'm like, what are they going to do? <laughs> this is where you're just like, I'm going to turn off your microphone. It has truly been a privilege just walking through this process with this church. Uh, and I know that you know this, but let me say it again. You have an incredible team of leaders here. Uh, your church council is amazing. Your staff and leadership team here is in phenomenal. They've been incredible to work with, to see them as they prayed, pressed into the unknown. Remember that first conversation we had about pressing into the unknown? This team here has done that. And so I just want to say that from here. I've just It's been a joy to be part of this process with this leadership team, this incredible church. 
I believe uh, with my whole heart that you guys are called here to serve and love and lead. And Red Hills Church, again, what a beautiful community of, of expression of Jesus in this community. And, and I love that in this discerning process, we've walked together through that where both Pastor Lane and Jaina have had to discern what the calling of God on their life is. As a church and as a leadership team, we've prayed together to discern, yes, this seems right to do this, and that we come together today to celebrate in community that we have a new pastor here at this church, and that at the end of we go, this is a good process. Jesus has been involved. Spirit of God has led us in this. I love these moments to see what God is, has been doing to celebrate that, and then to look to the future and see what God is going to continue to do as we faithfully follow him. Lane, Gina, thank you for saying yes to God's calling on your life, and I know that God has called you and anointed you for this season as you lead in this community, in, in this church, uh, with these leaders in incredible ways. So listen, I'm going to, at this time, I'm going to have Pastor Molly Cook join me, uh, Pastor Lane and Jaina. You guys can come on up here. Pastor Molly and I, Molly is our regional pastor, and this is a newer role in Foursquare, and I am so thankful for this. Molly and I serve together. She's our regional pastor for the greater Oregon area. We, Oregon. The greater Oregon. <laughs> Shh, don't say anybody that we said that. Okay, so... And uh, we do a, we work together in transitions and, and serving the churches. And I'm really excited to have Pastor Molly here with us as she's going to read the charge for, for uh, Lane today. And then we're going to have a time to pray together. Reverend Lane Greenleaf Perez is hereby appointed senior pastor of Red Hills Foursquare Church. The office of a Foursquare pastor is a sacred trust given by the International Church of the Foursquare Gospel in accordance with the will and calling of God. As a Foursquare pastor, you are charged to devote yourself to the worship of God, the study of his word, to a lifestyle pers of personal purity, and to continuing maturity as a follower of Christ, to give yourself to the mission of the church, to evangelize and enrich your community, striving for the salvation of souls and the work of God's justice in your community and around the world. Through preaching, teaching, and servant leadership, to dedicate yourself to the edification and maturing of each member of this congregation. To nurture the ongoing development of spiritual leaders around you. To be a person under authority who participates with and is actively involved in the Foursquare movement locally, regionally, nationally, and globally. To work together with your church council to steward the finances of this church with integrity and accountability in adherence to the bylaws of the Foursquare Church. Therefore, take heed to yourselves and to all the flock among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood, Acts 20, 28. Pastor Lane, do you accept this charge today? I do. As I said earlier, our process of how we come to these moments is so communal. We don't do anything on our own. We do it as a team. 
And uh, today what we're going to do is we're going to, in just a moment, we're going to anoint uh, Lane and we're going to pray over him. Um, Pastor Randy Remington and Sandy, you're here, going to come up. And Pastor Randy was the, the pastor of Beaverton Foursquare that originally brought Lane on. And he's now the pastor of our entire U.S. church as our president in Foursquare. And I'm so excited that he can be here with us today. So I'm going to have him come up. I'm going to ask our council members to come on up and join us and the staff. Let's lay hands on uh, Pastor Lane and Jana and her family. And we're going to pray. Would you extend your hands um, as we pray over them today? Well, good morning, everybody. I, um, I'm not going to be in the next service, and I kind of invited myself into this today. Uh, so there's probably a certain degree of obligation here. But, uh, the joy of this isn't positional for me. Um, this isn't by virtue of the title I have and the role I have, but it's by virtue of what I really believe about these two and this little guy. Um, I've had a front row seat to their lives for a number of years now, and I have watched as they have humbly allowed Jesus to form in them, not just his character, but just an understanding of what it means to be a shepherd in God's flock. And the highest calling um, that we've been given in scripture as leaders is to love Jesus with everything we've got. And you wouldn't want that uh, to be any less as the ultimate priority in your leader. And I can affirm that in them. Mm -hmm. But also that they would love God's word and that they would be passionately committed to truth and walking in truth, but embodying that truth. And I can say with conviction and confidence as they stand before you week after week, and they invite you into a life in Jesus, my confidence is that they embody that very life they're inviting you into. And that they can say, follow Jesus. Um, follow me as I follow Jesus. They're not asking you to follow them, but their lives will be congruent with the very message they're preaching. Um, Jesus said of the Pharisees, listen to what they teach you. What they teach you isn't bad. But don't do what they do, because <laughs> they, don't, they don't do what they say. Uh, that yeah. There's a premium that Jesus places on living what you preach. And I really mm -hmm. can say that with confidence. Because um, I'm not saying, here's a, here's a couple of perfection. You will find no flaws in them. Because <laughs> um, um, quite, frankly, quite frankly, if you're looking for flaws, um, you'll find what you're looking for. Uh, second of all, they'll probably tell you what they are before you find them. So, uh, but, but this is a union of sorts. Um, I don't want to overcook a marriage analogy here, but this is a divine joining. And it's who knows however long the season is. You have been a church that has been really good at raising up and releasing leaders. Um, you've been very faithful. I, I hope you'll be here a long time. Um, but Dave and Molly will tell you this. One of their roles is to steward the trust of congregations like this. Mm. And this is, a, this is a gold, this is a gemstone this church is. Uh, what God has done here, the story is written. Um, yeah. The potential and possibilities are here. We don't just take a loser and throw them at you. And just like, we don't know what to do with this. <laughs> we don't know what to do with this guy. Let's like, like ship him off the Uber. You know, it's like, uh... and in the same token, we're stewarding this calling. And so the process really is one of discernment and that there's in this moment in time that Jesus would purpose that there would be the joining together. 
Um, we love you, we love this city, and I really love this, this family. And I have complete confidence in God's grace on their life and calling and who they are humbly um, and the capacity they have and the proven character of their lives, the gifts that are evident we affirm, but also it's gonna be really a joy to watch what God causes to grow and flourish here as you guys join together. So I'm gonna ask you to do something I know um, that many of you will yet get to know them in a way you don't know them now. But would you open your heart to receive what the scripture says are gifts that Jesus gives to the church in these offices, in these roles, to see it as that. And that um, there's gonna be opportunities to grow and process and come together and sometimes even navigate conflict. But with Jesus at the center and the songs that we sang as the foundation, um, we're gonna be able to be stable and withstand yeah. anything the enemy would throw at us, whatever circumstances or culturally headwinds we face, Jesus is gonna be it's good. the head and the Lord of all things. So good. would you join me and just, would you reach your hands to them and just say, we bless them. We open our hearts to receive them. Father, I thank you for this couple. I thank you for the anointing of the Holy Spirit that makes possible the fulfillment of all that you've preordained before the foundations of the world that this moment in time would be about, that you knew long before the worlds were created, that Lane and Jaina would be standing here in this moment, um, even to their own surprise, possibly, that, that they would be here, but you knew. <clears throat> and that you had been orchestrating the events of their life and the circumstances of their life to prepare them, to build within them, to uh, foundationally uh, install within them, to shape who they are as people, to bring at this moment what is needed, but also that which will yet be. And so God, we just lay our hands on them. We reach our hands to them and we bless them in Jesus' name. And we pray, God, that you would give them the spirit of wisdom and discernment God, beyond what they could learn and study and apply themselves to, to learn and to know. The things they can gain by experience and by mentoring from others, by the study and the diligence of rightly dividing the word of truth. But God, there's something that can only come from you. There's something that is that which <clears throat> is sovereign and supernatural of your spirit to guide them, to lead them. And Lord, more than anything, we know that that's what they desire, that they would be people who would be filled with your spirit. God, they would be anointed by you. God, that they would walk in the capacity and the ability that you give. God, that they would be shepherds after your own heart. That the closer people get to them, the more... Um, that they would witness the integrity of their lives, God. And so we pray, Lord, for your protection over them. We pray, God, that this would be a season of joyful journey. God, that this would be a time of vision and contending for the harvest fields that are ripe, that the things that matter most would be the priorities. God, that we would not be distracted and that we would not be discouraged easily. God, that there would not be the minor things that would come in and present themselves as the big things, but the things that matter most to you, the eternal things of your kingdom, God, would be the things <clears throat> that would remain front and center always. God, as much as we are so grateful for this, 
church and this those who have gathered here lord we know it's not just about us it's about those who are yet to know you jesus this is about it being a, a lampstand in this region shining broadcasting brightly god the love and the life of jesus and so may you shine brightly god through these leaders god but also through this body of believers that are one together in you lord i pray that you would just bless Lane and Jaina, God, as shepherds of this flock, that they would shepherd not because they have to, but because of the willingness of their heart. Not for, for greedy gain, Lord, but to be an example and to joyfully honor what you have called them to. Lord, not lording over, but being the servant of all. God, I thank you for the just the, the joy of this moment to say that we install Lane and Jaina May you be glorified in this season in their lives. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you, Randy. I'm going to give this to you afterward. You will always be equipped to go forth and minister in your community. And you will have some anointing. Lord, I just first confirm the word that, that David gave over this couple. Lord, that's exactly what I've been praying for this community and, and for Lane and Jaina. Lord, that they would be those peacemakers. That the word that kept coming to me was favor. Lord, just in the time of Esther, she was, she was put there and born for such a time as this. And I believe, Lord, this, this change in season um, for them coming into this community is for such a time as this how you've gifted them, how you've called them, how you've anointed them to bring together, Lord Jesus, this community. And that he would have a vision, Lord, not just of pastoring a church or those that come into a building, but pastoring this entire community, every faction, every, every difference, every group, yes. Lord Jesus. You, you give him a vision for that and favor in relationship that walls would just come down. Thank you, in Jesus. In Jesus' name. Yes, Lord. Amen. 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 And so, Father, we thank you. We thank you for this couple. And we simply seal what has been prayed. Thank you. As Pastor Randy prayed, Lord, the beautiful marriage mm -hmm. of those called in the congregation. And, Lord, we just today speak that blessing. Lord, this new mantle of leadership. Lord, that Pastor Lane and Jane and their family, Lord, that setting aside for your plans and purposes in this community. Thank you for every person here. Thank you for every person in this community yet to know you. Mm -hmm that will experience and see the beauty of you, Jesus, through this couple in this church as they continue to minister. So Father, we speak blessing over them. We seal what has been prayed today in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Thank you. Thank you guys. Thank you. <laughs> wow, thank you. Thank you. All right. Wow. Thank you so much. Wow. Um, Well, this is wild, isn't it? Wow. I've been telling people that this does feel like an arranged marriage. <laughs> we, uh, we just exchanged vows and everything. But I, I, really, I do have to say, I am really very honored and excited to be here. Um, my family and I have already felt so loved and supported by this church, and we're incredibly grateful, and we're, we're really ready to jump in and to serve alongside uh, what God is doing at Red Hills and in the city of Newburgh. 
When I first met with David Eddy about this role, uh, my wife and I had already considered a, a couple of other similar transitions, which involved people that I love and respect, and on paper, it looked amazing. And I, but honestly, I, I loved where we were. <laughs> and I just didn't feel that resonance yet. The resonance is kind of how I describe this sort of transrational piece that the Holy Spirit and I have when we're making big decisions together. And uh, whether or not something makes sense on paper, if I don't feel that resonance, uh, it's like a guitar being played out of tune. It's not gonna work. I have to feel that resonance first, and I have to get the green light from Jaina uh, <laughs> before we can go. So when David invited me to coffee, I fully expected to walk in, hear him out, and say, David, thank you so much for your time, but uh, not right now. And instead, as David spoke to me about this church, and about this community, I felt like a fire lit under my seat. David probably saw me lean forward a little bit and get a little uncomfortable. Um, it felt like the guitar was slowly coming into tune, you know? And through lots of prayer and counsel and conversations, we decided to say yes to this assignment. And I want you to know that when we said yes, we were not saying yes to David Eddy. We were not saying yes to the church council or uh, even to you, Mr. President. Um, <laughs> we, <laughs> I, I've known Pastor Randy for a while, and it's, I don't know what to call him now. It's Randy, <laughs> His Majesty, Mr. Remington. I, I, I don't know. I, <laughs> he, he's hating that I'm doing this right now, by the way. Such a humble man. Um, but we didn't say yes to any of them. We, we were saying yes to Jesus. Amen. That's who we were saying yes to. And we feel strongly um, that he led us here. My family and I have had all the feelings during this transition, like every, every single one of them. Uh, we truly love B4 Church, and it has been one of the most difficult things in our story so far to say goodbye. Uh, not again, you guys. We already did this once. Um, to say goodbye to this community, and some of them are here today. I'm really glad you're here. I love you. But amidst all of the feelings we have known absolute peace and joy about being here with you, and I want you to know that. I can honestly say that even though I don't know you, my family and I, we already love you. Would you pray with me? Jesus, you are the firm foundation. Even when it seems like you're not keeping your promises, we know that uh, you are. We don't trust in our circumstances. We trust in your character and your goodness. And so I thank you that we even got to sing together this morning that you are the firm foundation, the rock on which we stand. I pray that as we jump in together, that we would hold fast and true to this reality. We love you. In your name we pray. Amen. In the Gospel according to John, chapter 15, the night that Jesus was betrayed, John records many of the final words of wisdom and friendship that Jesus shared with his disciples before his crucifixion. This particular section is the famous illustration of the vine and the branches, and considering where we are, that seems appropriate. <laughs> Verse 1, I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. 
No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up and thrown into the fire to be burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. I'd like to talk with you this morning about trust. I have found that in my life, most of my personal points of frustration, temptation, and failure, they, they revolve around my stubborn hesitancy to trust Jesus. Sometimes I convince myself that I am intelligent enough, that I am strong enough, that I am capable enough to usher in the kingdom of heaven by myself, that I am somehow a dis, an exception to the dysfunction around me. That if everyone were to just to see things the way that I see them, that the world would be a much better place. <laughs> I sometimes convince myself that fruit comes from the branch and not from the vine. A few weeks ago, I was dropping off my son at daycare, and we were walking up the pathway, and there was, uh, he noticed this sign, a banner off the side of the road. I don't even remember what it said, but it had all these like four-inch like, holes evenly distributed on the sign. And he asked me, uh, Daddy, why are there holes in the sign? And I said, the holes are there to let wind push through the sign without knocking it over. It reduces something we call wind resistance. The holes allow pressure to move through the sign rather than allowing it to build up on the surface or generating enough force to push it over. <laughs> Sometimes I get a bit carried away acting like I know what I'm talking about. You'll soon learn this about me. Um, but after I gave him this explanation, I said, does that make sense? And he said, yes. <laughs> Now he's five. <laughs> it's likely he, the explanation I gave him didn't really make sense. So when I ask, does that make sense? And he says, yes, what he probably means is no, but I trust you. I had a similar experience with my Heavenly Father while we were discerning this appointment. God, why am I feeling so excited about the idea of being at Red Hills? And I felt like God was like, well, because I knew that having you leave a team of ministry that you love, just as you were starting to feel that special bond of family, and you were starting to maybe think you knew what you were doing, and that transitioning to a new church five weeks before your new daughter was born would be my absolute perfect timing for you and for the church. Does that make sense? <laughs> what I wish I could have said was, yes. <laughs> but really what I meant was, and what I most honestly responded with was, no but I trust you. Sometimes Jesus asks us to follow him into obedience in times in ways that are very difficult. He asks us to live in ways that do not make sense to us, right? Love your enemies. Lose your life to gain it. Pick up your cross and follow me. These invitations are difficult, which is why Jesus not only gives us commands, he invites us into relationship. A relationship as intimate as a vine and its branches. Just later on in this passage, he says, I no longer call you my servants, I call you my friends. So in this way, obedience becomes less about something that we do and more about someone we are becoming. Branches to the vine. Our obedience to God is something similar to this illustration that I shared with my son. Eventually, William will probably understand what I meant about wind resistance. His mind will develop and neural pathways will form and his capacity for logic and reason will mature. And what I said about wind resistance might actually make sense. Following Jesus is not an invitation for us to set aside thoughtfulness in favor of blissful ignorance, right? 
God is constantly calling us into growth and even authority over his creation, but there are times when obedience must precede our understanding in order that our faith might be brought to maturity. There are times when it will be easier to trust the person whose hand I'm holding rather than the words that they're speaking. There is more peace in my life when I remain in the vine and trust that fruit is coming. There are times when we can step into obedience and we see that things make sense, and other times where we step into obedience despite our lack of capacity for understanding. And it's all about trust. Trust is the centerpiece of faith, and faith is the path by, by which we follow Jesus even when it's difficult. And faith, therefore, is the way in which we experience the fullness of Jesus' love, the richness of Christ's hope. I am the vine, you are the branches. I believe the invitation for you and I today is trust. This last week, um, I've been spending a lot of time with the staff. Wonderful human beings, by the way. You guys are so blessed to have them, and so am I. I've been learning a little bit about what this community is like, about what Red Hills Church is like, and about Newburgh and the surrounding community. And from what I've gathered, Red Hills is a community that values authenticity. I've heard that from almost everyone. I love the vision statement that Pastor Aaron brought to this church. It's okay to not be okay. What a beautiful invitation. I've learned that Red Hills Church values the teaching of the scriptures. That's good. I'm glad. <laughs> I've heard that people here are dedicated to one another. That you guys just don't say, hey, I'm with you, but you show up for one another in tangible ways. How beautiful is that? I can't imagine all the ways that my family and I are going to learn from all of you in the coming years. I've heard so many great things about Newburgh and the surrounding community. It's a small town with a, a lot of pride. People know each other. The community is engaged and it's deeply rooted. And there's already so much that God is doing and is going to continue to do here. With this, I've also heard from several people who live in and love this city that we are divided, that tension is high, that the city is polarized, and that in many ways we are not okay. I believe that Red Hills is planted here in this town for a reason. Newburgh is, is uh, um, experiencing, in its, experiencing in its community what our nation is experiencing on a larger scale, right? There's vitriol and anger and people demanding the monopoly on truth, right? It's hard for us, it seems, to agree on anything. And the church has not been untouched by the spirit of division, have we? But our kingdom is supposed to be not of this world. Therefore, our church shouldn't be acting like our governments. The fruit is not generated from our own genius. It comes from the vine. World change, healing for our communities. It's not carried out by worldly tactics. It comes from a deep knowing of Jesus. That's where it comes from. Our mission is not to corner the monopoly on best philosophies, best policies, and perfect politics. It's to be a people deeply rooted in the love of Jesus, a kingdom that is not right or left, but above. Amen. And this kingdom is about truth, but when truth is from Jesus, it looks like love. Amen. And love is best modeled for us in this way that Jesus humbled himself to serve and to die. Followers of Jesus hold fast to this truth and this hope and assurance found in Jesus and that it's not just positive thinking.
but rather a reality we are invited to reveal to the world around us. By laying down our lives in the service of others, in love, we reveal truth. Red Hills, I believe it is completely possible to see those who are alienated be reconciled, those who are polarized be unified, those who are hurt be healed, those who are hateful find peace, those who are arrogant find humility, those who are convinced become curious, and those who are afraid become loving, because in Jesus, all things are made new. Our nation is clamoring, it's groping in the dark for the revelation of truth, but truth is not simply an idea that we can know, it's a person we can know. It's a person we are invited to have relationship with, as intimate, a relationship as intimate as a vine and its branches. We cannot know the transformative power of Christ's love by arriving at impeccable morality or ineffable ethics. Only when we remain in Jesus can his kingdom be realized in our world. A branch alone can bear no fruit. The passion I believe that God has given so many of us pastors is that people would know Jesus because it is in this mutual knowing that the kingdom is realized on earth as it is in heaven. Each and every person in this room that draws breath, as it says in 1 Peter, is a living stone being built into a spiritual house by Jesus called the church. You are where heaven and earth meet right now. So my prayer for us as we step forward together is that healing, forgiveness, renewal, reconciliation, these would not simply be ideals that we acknowledge as fantasy, but would be realities we embrace as possibility because God is with us. And these realities are indeed possible because when a branch remains in the vine, it will bear fruit. Trust. It's a relationship with Jesus that turns our lives into conduits for Christ's love. The branch doesn't need to understand how the vine gives life and produces fruit. All it needs to do is remain in the vine and the fruit will come. In the same way, our relationship, our partnership with Jesus does not rely on humankind's ability to understand the complexity of God. All we need to do is remain in him. When the knowing of our Jesus becomes our second nature, in fact, replaces our first nature, the will and the goodness of God will flow so naturally from us, his words so effortlessly through us, that our words will sound like his and our love feel like his. If we want to see the church filled with the good works of God, all we need to do is be people who are rooted in his presence. So my prayer is that beyond being a church which has effective strategy and compelling programming and intriguing theology, that we simply be a church who intimately knows Jesus. As much as the vine knows the branches. Because in that knowing, in that remaining, we bear much fruit. I'm going to invite the worship team to come up, and we're going to pray. And I think we're going to close in a song as well. I'm new here. I don't know how it works. Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Ashley very well briefed me before we started. <laughs> Let's pray. Jesus, I'm overwhelmed with gratitude as we stand here, and we learn about your word, and as we um, prepare to jump in to the new life that you have for this community. I pray that as we sing, that you would solidify in our hearts the truths that have been spoken here this morning. I thank you for the wonderful leaders that Foursquare has blessed this community with, um, that we get to start this next chapter with support and covering. Thank you. We love you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. <laughs>